You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock at the Peacock on Twitter. Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. It is stock up, stock down on this Wednesday. Peacock and Williamson. Matt, uh, how are you feeling today? There's some, some weird news out there that just dropped from Adam Schefter about Tyrod Taylor. Did you see this? I did see it. I just saw the headline one second ago and... My jaw kind of dropped a little, like, wow. According to Schefter, the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured his own quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung just before kickoff Sunday while trying to administer a pain-killing injection to the quarterback's cracked ribs, league and team sources told ESPN. So, yeah, they said it was uh, a reaction to a shot, and he had chest pain. His lung got punctured. No wonder he had chest pain. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um you know, originally, you know, I'm sitting there watching a game like everybody else, expecting Tyrod to start, and Herbert goes trotting out there and kind of thought, wow, that's weird. Is this just going to be some kind of package they use for the youngster, you know, uses his big arm or whatever? And no, he's a starter. And uh, I heard Daniel Jeremiah, who's a color guy for the Chargers now, too, on his podcast saying we had no inclination that Herbert was going to go out there. And we got word that Taylor was having a hard time breathing, you know, and well, I guess that adds up now. I mean, it's tough to breathe with a hole in your lung, I would imagine. That being said, doctors are a little like corners or left tackles. Like you could go 60 snaps and be great, but that's 61st. (laughs) If you puncture someone's lung, that's all they ever talk about. Oh, yeah, this guy will never live it down. I <laughs> right. don't know, and uh, good on Schefter for not dropping his name out there because that name would be everywhere right now. And I'm sure it already is. People are trying to find out who the Chargers team doctor is. But um, that's rough. That's not great. Uh, apparently, no. a, a punctured lung, though, with a needle is something that only keeps you out for about a week. He's got a cracked rib, too. Uh, but Coach Anthony Lynn still thinks that Tyrod Taylor is the guy to go with this week. I thought it was the opposite. Are you sure on that one? Because I thought Herbert was going to get the start. Oh, really? Okay. Last I heard. Which I hope. Unless maybe maybe it was just Anthony Lynn saying, because I heard a quote from Anthony Lynn. Maybe it was just him saying, Tyrod Taylor's the starter, quote unquote. But I don't know if it was about this week necessarily. You're 100% right. They're calling him the starter. But the latest news, this is one minute ago. I just got the feed that the doctors advised Tyrod Taylor not to play indefinitely due to the punctured lung. So it sounds like Herbert's going to start, but they're referring to Taylor as the starter. We'll see how long that lasts too. Yeah. I mean, if, if he keeps playing well, then they can't go back to Taylor. So this is that, I mean, that's what kind of luck is that for Tyrod Taylor too, man? This guy can't get a starting job and keep it for the life of a man. Even when he's got a, a head coach in his corner and he is the guy, and something crazy like this happens. That's rough. Right. Uh, crazy story. But in the end, I mean, this sounds coarse, and I apologize, but uh, it got Herbert on the field, and he played really well against a, the, a great opponent. Will that keep up? Who knows? I mean, his stock is flying high right now, but uh, maybe that's the best thing for this organization as opposed to conservative Anthony Lynn waiting until week 12 or whatever to get the guy out there. 
and whenever Tyrod Taylor does get back out there, if he does start again for the Chargers, that's a tough position for him to be in because now everyone's seen the glimpses of Justin sure. Herbert. And, and we don't know what he's going to look like in the next couple of starts, however many starts he gets. But if he continues to look good and doesn't fall on his face, I mean, as soon as Tyrod Taylor makes one mistake or the Chargers lose one game, everybody's going to lose their minds calling for Herbert again anyway. So it's a, it's a really tough position for Tyrod Taylor to be in now that people have had a chance to see Herbert in there. And they've always seen him in – we've even seen him in hard knocks. They've seen him in practice. It's clear that he's a different beast in terms of ability than Taylor. I mean, he is so big. He's probably just as fast. Um, he doesn't process as well, and he's obviously not nearly as experienced. But the throws he made, I can imagine, in practice and even in this game, I'm sure everyone in the locker room is looking around like, let's go let's go to war with this guy. You know, I mean, right. it, it, you can't fool everybody. I mean, they know. It's just a, it's a rocket arm, and it's it's shocking yeah. when I saw it. And I knew he had a good arm, and you, you see these prospects come out of college, and you're like, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's got everything you need tools-wise. You see him go out there and make some throws, and you realize – quickly how and there's a few quarterbacks in the league that have that arm talent and every quarterback in the league's got a crazy good arm right of course but right. when you've got that extra bit you can see a quarterback make a throw and you see it around the league and it's like wow this guy can literally do something that other quarterbacks can't do and it gives the team such an advantage so if everything else comes together for a quarterback with that much arm talent look out yeah exactly and he's going to have some down moments, that's for sure. And I didn't love him coming out of school, but he passed his first test with flying colors. And I think to your point, and you said this, you know, on Monday, you got to keep him in there. I mean, don't take, the, don't stick that genie back in the bottle. And he can run a little bit too. I mean, oh, a yeah. lot, ton of physical ability for Justin Herbert. I think, you know, decision-making, that processing uh, and a little touch. I think he was trying to maybe overthrow everything because he was throwing bullets around the field Sunday. Maybe he's a little extra amped up because all of a sudden he got a, a starting job. And maybe that's, I wonder if that's like a really good way for a quarterback to get in there and not 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 have a chance to focus on it and dwell on it and, and not be able to sleep the night before. And all of a sudden on Sunday, it's like, hey, guess what, dude? You're starting. Yeah, right. Like five minutes before the game, we punctured Tyrod's lungs. Yeah. So maybe it's all a master plan. Yeah, you know, exactly. that we, we thought Herbert wouldn't <laughs> sleep well, and this was the best way to do it. Use Tyrod as a pin cushion and figure it out from there. A quick note here before we get to our stock up, stock down on this Wednesday episode. This is from Albert Breer. Close friends Bill Belichick and John Gruden face off Sunday for just the third time as head coaches. The first was the Tuck Rule game in January wow. of 2002. The last time was all the way back in 2005. The Patriots beat the Bucks 28-0. Tampa Bay's quarterback that day, Chris Sims. Wow. I thought that was just an interesting nugget that rolled across my timeline yeah. that I wanted to, to bring I'm up. I'm shocked this is going to be their third meeting. I know. I mean, how long was Gruden at ESPN? Five years, eight years, something like that? Ah, that's a or good question. Or out of coaching, I guess. I mean, it was a, still. It was, yeah, 10 years probably. I mean, they both are in the AFC for a good chunk, and you play the NFC every fourth year. You know, it's amazing that they haven't met more often than that. And I didn't know they were good buddies. Yeah. I, I'd like to Bill Belichick those. is – there's a really funny photo of him this week from press conference, too, where he was wearing a shirt that looked like it was – I mean, it said Patriots 
So New England Patriots founded in 1960. It looked like the shirt was from 1960. Just holes everywhere. Like, <laughs> and his hair was disheveled. Like he looked more. Like he were, looked worse, quote unquote, worse than normal. Because you know Bill Belichick doesn't give a crap about what he looks like. This one was bad. Like uh, I look better than this just about every day of my life when I wake up, no matter how tattered my shirt is. It was it was really funny. You like just get off the treadmill and <laughs> yeah. just all disheveled. Yeah, I could. I, I'm gonna have to look that one up. I I can picture it in my mind. I mean, he doesn't care at all. I think it's it's the number two thing making the rounds today after the tie rod punctured lung. Yeah, well, they're good things for a Wednesday mid midweek. Yeah, let's get, get to. Trouble. I mean, this is my favorite new thing we're doing right here on uh, Peacock and Williamson, and we've gotten a ton of feedback from listeners that love it. So let's get to this stock up, stock down. Matt, we'll bounce it back and forth with uh, players we like, teams, coaches, whatever, anything going on in the league. Stock up and stock down next on Peacock and Williamson. NFL Game Pass is a must for NFL fans this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays. See all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place, and the coach's film, which is fantastic. NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Real quick, extra bit of news here, Matt, before stock up, stock down. The New York Giants have signed running back Devontae Freeman and placed wide receiver Sterling Shepard on injured reserve. Christian McCaffrey also officially going on injured reserve, which is not a surprise. He'll miss four to six weeks with his ankle injury. Some real fantasy elements to it. I don't think Carolina or the Giants are going to the postseason or the Super Bowl this year, and things have not gone well, especially for the Giants with that Barkley injury. It sounds like Deion Lewis will be the starter now, which makes sense. I mean, they just signed Freeman yesterday. But I think Freeman will take that job over soon. I mean, unlike Leonard Fournette, though, he hasn't had camp. He hasn't been with a football team. I mean, he, what kind of shape is he in truly to handle 20 touches a game or whatever. I also don't think he played great the last time we saw him, but he's an all-around back and a good in protection, good receiver. Um, as for Carolina, obviously, you mentioned this before and had a great point earlier in the week that even when McCaffrey can come off IR, you don't rush him back. I mean, considering the state of the team and the value to the franchise he presents, uh, I think Mike Davis is going to get a lot of touches between now and whenever McCaffrey actually sees the field. And they threw the ball to him, and he's got talent. I mean, I mentioned fantasy. Would you rather Mike Davis off the waiver wire or Devontae Freeman? That's a tough question. Um, yeah. I, and this week, not Devontae Freeman. Sure. Because they're going against the 49ers, and while there's injuries at the edge, they still have some uh, stout defensive linemen there, and probably game script-wise, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit, and he's just barely getting to town and, and getting in that offense. But I think for the season, I might go Devontae Freeman. I don't know. He, he hasn't been as explosive as he was earlier in his uh, Atlanta career last year and, and recently, but... I mean, Mike Davis just doesn't, he doesn't inspire anything for me on a fantasy level where I would even want to jump out and grab him. But, uh, you know, he's the guy. So, I mean, anytime you have a starting running back, it's going to be value, valuable in your fantasy leagues. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be the two hottest probably waiver wire pickups because so many teams got hit so hard at the running back position. At least they forecast for touches going forward. But you're right, Davis for the short term, by week seven or eight, it might clearly be Freeman. Digging into this New York Giants team a little bit, let's let's start this stock up, stock down with this. Uh, I have been impressed with one aspect of the New York Giants, and that's the interior of their defensive line. And yeah. Leonard Williams is sort of a defensive tackle, defensive end hybrid, but Dalvin Tomlinson at the nose, and and uh, really Dexter Lawrence is the one. He's a first-round draft pick, so it's not like he came out of nowhere, but he's developing into a monster on the interior. And I ran across this statistic that backs up uh, some of that talent in size inside for the New York Giants, despite the the losses piling up there already. The New York Giants defense is allowing the league's lowest success rate on first and second downs so far. And oh, wow. yeah, in the entire NFL. And uh, this is from football outsiders, Aaron Schatz. That's where that stat comes from. And just as surprising, he says the New England Patriots defense is allowing the league's highest success rate, 62% on first and second downs so far on defense. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, they played Seattle, which obviously could you know, hit, hit some chunk plays early on in first down and screw, and skew those things over a two-game sample size. But I, I love that you threw that out there for the Giants. I mean, because it's all doom and gloom right. and this team's terrible, fire everybody, you know. And their interior D-line is very, very good. I mean, not to bring this back to the Steelers, but that was the Steelers' opening day opponent. So I spent months previewing the Monday night game, Steelers versus Giants, and you know, told people over and over, don't sleep on this interior line. They're big, they're athletic, and they played really well in week one and also this past week. They're dead on. Good, good one. Unfortunately, their offensive line might be one of the worst in the league. So it's not really, uh, it's, yeah. you know, when you when you put those two things together, it's still a bad combination. They've got to get that thing shored up up front, which is, you know, one of those reasons why Defonte Freeman might not have a ton of luck there running behind the line if Saquon Barkley already didn't. No, you're right. And it looked like the skill position players were the strength of the team. We've seen very little out of Ingram. Barkley's done and did nothing in week one. And now Shepard's on injured reserve. So, ouch. What do you got? Stock up, stock down? You know what? I, I started doing this this morning and realized I had a lot of quarterbacks, which probably isn't unusual. So I made it all quarterback centric. And a couple of them, we mentioned Herbert, so I'm not going to go into anything there. I mentioned Goff and Rogers last week. So all those guys are stock up dudes for me. Um, but another one is Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton's playing at a very high level. And yes, he runs, but I think he's a top 10 type quarterback in this league right now. If I were to redo my rankings, I don't think he's gotten a lot of help. I like the way he's throwing the football. Clearly, he's healthy. He's far and away the Patriots' best offensive player. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, <laughs> He's absolutely playing at a high level. And it's it's crazy because I people, and maybe, and I don't know how people feel about Cam Newton behind closed doors in the league. Obviously, there there was some injury concerns with him, but I don't know how you would have expected him to not be at least close to. I mean, that that's one of the most tooled up guys we've seen coming into the league with his height, weight, speed, and cannon arm strength. Even if he is maybe ninety percent of his former self with his arm and and shoulder injuries, 
That's still a, he's a, one of the freakiest guys in the league. Yeah, it's still a ridiculously talented quarterback <laughs> right. who's a veteran, is an MVP caliber guy at one point in his career. So um, I, I guess people shouldn't be as surprised about how good he's playing with a good coaching staff there in New England. So, yeah, I, I agree with it. That's a good one. I wish they would have given him the opportunity or at least shown the Seattle Seahawks on the very last play of the game. The, uh, you know, put them in some conflict that there might have been a pass on that play. I, I didn't like them just going empty and being yeah. like, okay, we're running power with our quarterback. Give them an option to throw or, or at least put the look out there that they could throw. That's about the only thing negative I could say so far about Cam Newton's uh, New England career. Yeah, well said. And I just started doing a weekly Utah radio hit through our buddy David Locke in his neighborhood, neck of the woods out there. And they asked me yesterday, so how many teams are kicking themselves right now for not signing Cam Newton on the cheap? I mean, it's a pretty long list. Uh, I mean, Denver, Chicago, Chicago, maybe yeah. the Chargers. I mean, Chicago. I mean, how good would the Bears be right now with Cam Newton? Pretty, be a contender. And in 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 San Diego too, or not San Diego in L.A. with the Chargers. Yeah. Like that's a really good comp physically. We just talked about the rocket arm and the athleticism, not quite the athleticism that uh, Justin Herbert has compared to Cam Newton, but you could have a style of play there that's a similar thing that he can True. look at and be like, okay, I can take a lot from this guy's game if, if I'm sitting behind Cam Newton and learning. Yeah, right. It doesn't mean Tyrod had to go away either. I mean, you could keep them all. Just, I mean, for what he costs, 10 teams should have grabbed Cam Newton. And we were screaming that when it was when it was when he was right, yeah. unemployed too. Oh, yeah, we, we brought that up. So that, that needs yeah. to be said. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, Who else you got? I, I have some quarterbacks on my list. I'm going to skip them unless you you don't name some of the quarterbacks I have here. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I got to put them out mm, there because I really was impressed by them. That's one of the wrongest games I've had all season long was that Monday night football game because I believe fully in the Saints and I didn't believe at all in the Raiders. Um, I really liked what John Gruden's team was doing, the way they were playing defense, the way they were throwing the ball short to intermediate. Obviously, it was all Darren Waller in the passing game there, running the ball, uh, you know, setting up the pass with the run. They didn't abandon the run, even though the Saints have done a really good job of stopping the run this year, and they did that game. Uh, in fact, uh, so a, a listener tweeted at us about how many games in a row it's been since the the Saints have allowed a 100-yard rusher, uh, and, and it's something... It's like a million. Yeah, and it's crazy that they're still able to do that, and then the Raiders were still able to find a way to win. I think maybe it's a little overrated by about how well Derek Carr played. I'm not still fully, fully on that bandwagon, but uh, props to the Raiders. They're playing good football. They knocked off a really good football team, and, and who knows, maybe it'll come crashing down, but right now you got to go stock up, Raiders. Yeah, and I put Carr on my stock up quarterback list, and I'm with you. I'm not saying he's a top 12 type guy like I was talking about with Newton, but I, I think he looks more comfortable and is surrounded by more than ever, and I think him and Gruden have a good feel for one another. And yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders are a better stock up than Carr, but I, he was one of my guys. Stock up wide receiver DK Metcalf. That is a scary combination developing yeah. in Seattle right now. And DK Metcalf, to see him get shadowed by the league's best cornerback, the reigning defensive player of the year and Stephon Gilmore, and come out smelling like roses and beating him on that deep ball. Metcalf is scary as a deep ball player, but he's developing some other aspects of his, of his game. He's not just nine routes and that's it. He can break off a... A slant route. He's so big and imposing. He's got uh, natural skills tracking the ball. He's got so much size and physicality. He'll block you. I'd love seeing them 
get into a little bit of a scrap. Uh, DK Metcalf is impressive, and he is developing to be maybe the best wide receiver from that really deep draft class right now. And there's a few guys that that you could argue is the best uh, right now. The way he's developing and the fit with Russell Wilson is just fantastic in Seattle. That's a great one. Uh, we recorded a Locked on Dynasty last night and, and did an entire segment on C.D. Lamb's increasing value in the dynasty world and he's obviously started his career very strong and we were comparing him to a lot of young receivers and at the end i, I said to my co-host ryan i'm like we didn't bring up dk metcalf what do you think and he's like oh because they're not even close metcalf's better than all uh, way ahead of all these other guys i was like wow i mean like the 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 stock for Metcalf is soaring right now, and I have no qualms with it whatsoever. I mean, we talked about Cam being a freaky dude. I mean, some of these freaks, it's just get him on my team and we'll figure out how to use him. More stock up, stock down coming up on the Peacock and Williamson show. There's uh, there, there's always more stock ups than stock downs. I think that's a good sign. Maybe it's us just trying to look for the good going on in the league and and trying to find those advantages in the in the fantasy realm as well. So more stock up, stock down coming up. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code locked on and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Okay, Matt, you're up. Stock up, stock down. What are you seeing around the league? I guess I should open with a down then. Okay. Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is a dreadful football team right now. I did a power ranks earlier in the week. Maybe I should have had them even lower than like 24-ish where I had them. I mean, they have cellar dweller now. Their time of possession is so bad. Their time of possession per drive is like average of two minutes of keeping the football. Cousins has the lowest QBR in the league through two weeks. And I don't think anybody's shocked that he's not putting the team on his back like Aaron Rodgers or Superman, you know, I mean, but he's not elevating anyone's play at all. And this is a 30 some million dollar quarterback. I don't expect him to be a top five guy, but you can't be a bottom 10 guy. That's been a, a development that, because I, I, just, I just thought, you know, we'll, we'll see the same Kirk Cousins as we's all, we've always seen. And, and maybe when things start to fall apart around him, you're really seeing like this guy is not the one that can carry the team. He has to be a part of a really good, you know, offense and have weapons and then have a defense that gives him the ball back enough times to, you know, to, to game manage his way to a lot of victories. When we see that thing fall apart in, in Minnesota with what's going on on their defense, and then now Kirk Cousins, it's like, wow, that has become a disaster. And after two weeks, I'm seeing a ton of Vikings fans that are photoshopping Trevor Lawrence's uh, Clemson uniform <laughs> into purple and gold. I get it. I'm going to I'm gonna double down here because you, you just mentioned uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Sam Darnold's career path. I'm, I blame him. Of course, he's the one that pulls the trigger and doesn't execute. And But boy, I mean, my faith in investing in Sam Darnold's success has taken such a hit in the last year or so. Really liked him coming out of school. The, the environment's been horrible. The mono sure didn't help last year. And this year, it's just so abysmal around him that I think, I mean, I know it's only September 20-something. When they get the first overall pick, how do you pass on Lawrence? You know, you fire Gase, draft Lawrence, Douglas, you know, it will and take that kind of instead of paying Darnold, who's almost up, 
And I say this all the time, like my Steelers or Tampa or 10 other teams should then call the Jets and be like, I'll give you a third round pick for Darnold, yeah. you know, and just set him on the like set him on the bench like Winston this year and see what happens. Absolutely. I'm all about it. That's that's one of the things I brought up post game after the 49ers beat the Jets in New York this week. And, and Darnold did have one really amazing throw in that game, rolling to his left, throwing back across his body to the right and like that that was a highlight that should have hit more if the Jets were a good team and people expected more out of Sam Darnold right now uh it's a disaster situation one of the worst you know developmental quarterback situations you could have been in for the last few years for Sam Darnold so that's rough and uh, yeah he definitely deserves a new start and hopefully they build more around whatever quarterback is next if they do get that number one overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence now if they don't get the number one pick then maybe there's a conversation and, and Darnold gets another shot there but um, he absolutely needs a, a new start I came away feeling feeling pretty bad for Darnold and I was listening He's not to, without blame but. right I, and I think it was Todd McShay recently was on the Rich Eisen show and he was talking about what his the way he looks at quarterbacks now versus the way he used to, and he's he's coming more to the realization that uh, a, a really great quarterback is going to transcend even a bad situation. So I, I think, and I agree with that, I think it's been rough for his development uh, in New York, but I think it's clear that he's not going to be the, the a guy guy, even if he got into a better situation somewhere or if it was a better situation in New York. But he could still be, we just talked about, Kirk Cousins falling apart when things fall apart around him, right? If you're a veteran quarterback with, you know, making $30 million per year and you have the track record that Kirk Cousins has and you can't perform in a bad situation, how is a rookie 20-year-old quarterback going to perform in a bad situation? So it doesn't mean he's not going to be a good quarterback. It just doesn't mean he's going to be as good as maybe the Jets hoped when they drafted him number, what was it, number three overall? Right. I think it was right after Barkley went, right? And I mentioned Winston. I didn't mean to do that on purpose, but... You know, just what he is naturally, he's a lot more Jameis Winston than he is Joe Burrow. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, he needs reeled in. He's a big-time risk taker. His mechanics get all wonky. Like, he needs to be, you know, reeled in as opposed to letting him freelance or go through a lot of different things. And sitting him on the bench for a year might really pay off down the line. Yes, absolutely. He needs a really good quarterback coach and get his right. bottom half synced up with his top half. That's that's probably his biggest downfall. And, yeah, throwing some bad interceptions. So you, you fix that. He's got a ton of arm talent, and, and he's still a reclamation project. And I'm with you. A lot of teams, I think, are going to come knocking on the door of the the Jets and say, "Yeah, here's a mid round pick. Let's see what we get in Sam Darnold." Yeah, I mean, if it if it does come to fruition, they're not going to pick high, and maybe that's um, another top quarterback. But it seems logical if you're the Jets to take one in the top three picks or whatever, not have to pay them soon, and you know, count you know, cut your losses with Darnold and get a pick for him. But man, another team could really benefit. I'm going to go stock up Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who's been going off, and he's been uh, carrying some fantasy teams so far this year, uh, just doing great things right now this season. And he is, um, like, he he's, uh, I don't want to say that he's better than Julio Jones. Stats-wise, he has been better this year. But if you're the Falcons and you're building, you're like, man, maybe we could, you know, Julio's had a ton of injuries and he's getting older. Maybe we could trade Julio for a bunch and build this thing around Calvin Ridley. Like, is that going too far? No. Um, 
He's the number one fantasy receiver by a wide margin. And DeAndre Hopkins is second who's killing it. You know I mean? Like it's not even close. I think Ridley's a superstar. I mean, he's a guy that was a big breakout candidate of mine and he's a great route runner. Um, he does. I don't think it's Juju and AB where if you took Julio out of the equation, you'd say, ah, he really is Robin. He's not Batman. I think he could definitely carry the mantle as a number one. And maybe you do go down that road. I mean, it's kind of like AJ Green in Cincinnati. Like he's an all-time great. Would you consider dealing him? But if the trade deadline rolls around and Atlanta's not looking good, somebody would be begging you for Julio. And you know, I, I don't think that's crazy. Can I do another one here and, yeah, and let please. this roll into my stock down, which is the Atlanta Falcons, and that's kind of why I brought that up because this team is on the way to a rebuild and they, they finding way to ways to lose under head coach Dan Quinn. I think some things are going to massively change, even though they, you know, it, it's a tough situation because you have Matt Ryan, you have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley and they're a team that should be better. And I don't know if they're going to try to keep things going or tear it all down, but like, they're not, they're the, they're not getting over the hump. Like mm-hmm. 2016 was, a little bit no man's and land. it's coming down like you got to figure out which which way you're going to go here and i have a feeling they're just going to try to get a new coach in and you know add some free agents and and do it all again i might try to start tearing this thing down and they could get a ton of draft picks for some of the the players they have um that's not really you know it's somewhat madden like of me to say that that a nfl team right, would right. do that with some of the pieces they have and some uh really high you know high pedigree veteran players but this ain't working, so uh, I'm, I'm stocked down on the Falcons. Just finding way to, ways to lose. It's it's such a disappointing situation for Falcons fans, I'm sure. That's a good one because just big picture, they could easily be picking in the top five. Probably not this year, but the following year. You know what I mean? Like they're not young. There's not a lot of youth infusion that you're super excited about. You know, they they rolled it back this year and well we'll go add Todd Gurley. That'll fix it. Eh, you know, I mean like yeah those are band-aids that are falling off and exposing wounds. You know, that you're right, that their their future doesn't look really bright. Like one of my least favorite assignments we used to do at ESPN back then was project the league three years from now, which is impossible oh, because gosh. it changes, you know, it's like but, how <laughs> but they would be low on my list. Like if I did a 2022 power ranks, I bet the Falcons would be pretty low. It's like pull the bandaid off instead of letting it slowly deteriorate and get even worse and even worse. And then you're still in this same boat in a few years and you have no assets. Right, right. I mean, you kind of kind of have to crap or get off the pot. <laughs> exactly. Well put. What do you got? You got any more <laughs> stock up, stock downs? Let's keep it in the division. And this one seems like an obvious one. But Drew Brees, and we mentioned Winston earlier, boy, that would be hard to pull him. And I'm not suggesting they even should right now. We have a little bit of bad taste in our mouth after losing on a national stage. But he doesn't look the same. He's been declining for a while. I just don't think it. he is the lowest dot in the league by far. And he was at the bottom of the league last year. And this year it's like two yards lower. Could it be Winston time come Halloween or come Thanksgiving? This, oh, that's a tough one. I, I don't see any do scenario. It, yeah. it would have to be so bad for right. Drew Brees to, to put Winston in there. I think Winston's around. It's like for, Belichick, Bench, and Brady. Like, yeah. it wasn't, it's almost impossible to happen. It's almost impossible, it. even if you think it might be the best plan. 
Uh, I think Winston's there in case Breeze gets hurt or for to see what they have for a guy they may want to try to bring back next year post-Breeze. I, I can't see any situation, no matter how bad Breeze plays, if he's healthy, to yank him. Maybe if you maybe, like put... Maybe you puncture his lung. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, we, <laughs> if there's a story that the Saints hire the Chargers team doctor, we'll know something's <laughs> right. up. Right. Red flag. My last stock down here is anterior cruciate ligaments, ACLs. I don't Ooh. like seeing players go down for the season. There's been way too many injuries this week. That MetLife turf worries me that there's going to be more happening, specifically in New York with two teams playing on that turf. That's double the opportunity for ACLs to pop. Uh, if I'm advising the 49ers who are playing back-to-back in New York, they're playing the Giants this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, and we talked a little bit about this off the air, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are, are week-to-week. No way I play either one of them on that Stay turf. Down. Yeah, I hear you. And it's a little bit of hubris to take that approach in the NFL that we can, and coaches really don't always think this way, that we could probably pull this game out without them. And you kick yourself if you don't. (laughs) But sometimes you got to think big picture, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I just want to wrap it up because I had a couple other stock-up quarterbacks. I just want to list them, and a couple are obvious. Kyler and Josh Allen are – clearly better players than they were last year and have taken big steps forward and tons of ability. And I just know too many people would kill me if I didn't at least say, boy, say something nice about Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the other two that are a little more under the radar to me are Tannehill and Minshew. I mean, I think both these guys are starting NFL quarterbacks and are not flashes in the pan. I'm not worried about them. You know, like, boy, that was a terrible investment in Tannehill or, if Jacksonville decides to roll with Minshew, I think both these guys are good football players. All good ones. I'm glad you mentioned Tannehill too, because there we had the question after week one was like, Dad, did the did the Titans put too much stock into Tannehill really being good with a small sample there last season? And I, I think it's a great point you made that he's proven. No, nah, he's the guy. No, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, he had a really good week, and I, I don't mean to change my tune on him just after one week because it is it was a good question a week ago, um, but I think the answer is. He's legit. Good stuff, Matt. Fun. Stock up, stock down. We'll be doing it every Wednesday here on Peacock and Williamson. Tomorrow, Chris Raybon of the Action Network will join us, and we'll start making our picks. Looking ahead to Sunday's games, six-pack of best bets right here. Peacock and Williamson.